Hey everybody, this is Jacob, one of the co-hosts on the Back to Back Films podcast. I'd like to take this moment to talk to you guys about Film is Truth, a video rental store in Bellingham, Washington. I had a hard time finding a movie that I was supposed to watch for a class. Uh, The movie was a celebration. It wasn't on any of the video streaming services or on DVD.com. But they had it at Film is Truth, and they had a wonderful staff that helped me find the movie and others that I wanted to watch. It's located in the Terra Organica market, so you can get your films and your groceries in one go. So give them a shot and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Back to Back Films podcast. This week we're talking black exploitation films with Coffee and Shaft, the 1971 version, not the whatever is it, 2001, I think, with like Samuel L. Jackson or something as Shaft. Um, we're talking the original, original Shaft with uh, Richard Roundtree. As always, we recommend that you watch the two films we'll be discussing before listening to the episode. I'm your host Keith. This is Byron, and I'm Jake. And Byron's mic is probably going. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see in the edit. Uh, all right. Uh, how you guys doing? Any uh, updates? Pretty good. It's it's early. Anything? This is not to pull the curtain, but uh, we're recording a lot earlier than normal. So uh, instead of a beer, I have my coffee. And uh, yeah, that's that's that. Going to New York in two days. So uh, should should be a lot of fun. Never been, so that should be should be really exciting. Nice, yeah. Uh, New York is super fun. So um, it's kind of a trip of a city to just like show up in and like be there because it's just so different. Culture shock. <laughs> it really is. Like even yeah. like Seattle, it's like it's like ten times louder than Seattle it is. is. And it's, Seattle has got its own design. Like New York is like flat, you know, right. everywhere, and everything is sectioned off in like straight streets. So it's like really like. Easy to get around Shit, and know I, where I to go. I never thought about that. It would be flat. It's that totally is flat. So crazy. Yeah. And like I, when I went there, I pretty much walked like, I, you know, we walked fifty blocks at least. Shit. You know, and I was only there for like a couple of days, so we were just walking like everywhere. Right. Um, but it's a cool city. It's a cool city. It's really loud. So if you're a person <laughs> who like really can't sleep, you know, when things are loud. Because, um, like, it's actually illegal there to honk your horn oh, to uh, keep noise down. <laughs> but people do it anyway because it's Holy New York shit. and they're hella aggressive drivers there. <laughs> That's so, like, funny. Um, yeah, it's really insane. So, so I know what Jacob's going to be doing if he's driving. <laughs> Honking, yeah, for sure. Also, don't get ripped off by the cab drivers, man. Those guys are fucking... Those guys are sketchy. Like, we took a cab out. We had to get, take a cab from our hotel to the airport, which is not on... Like the island, obviously, and he was like demanding all this extra money from us. Like, no, no, they always pay like this much more, and like you owe me this much more. And it's like, dude, I can see the fucking fare ticker. Like, I yeah, might tip you, you a little to, bit, but you just have to like walk away. At pretty that much, point. Yeah, yeah. Just don't let them like guilt trip you and be all like you know exploitive and shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, it makes sense. Sketchy industry. All right. <laughs> so, our main topic this week is the genre of black exploitation, which, if you're unaware, is a combination of two words, black exploitation films. 
Our first film is Coffee, released in 1973. A block nurse takes vigilante justice against inner-city drug dealers after her sister becomes their latest victim. Uh, Coffee was written and directed by Jack Hill. It stars Pam Greer, Booker Bradshaw, Robert Doki, William Elliott, Alan Arbus, and Sid Haig, which Sid Haig looks way different <laughs> in this film than, like, you know, I picture him in, like, Rob Zombie's fucking, like, House of a Thousand Corpses, yeah. you know, like, that Sid Haig. Um, he looks way different. <laughs> Uh, our second film is Shaft, released in 1971. Cool black private eye John Shaft is hired by a crime lord to find and retrieve his kidnapped daughter. Uh, Shaft was written by Ernst Tideman and John D.F. Black. It was directed by Gordon Parks, and it stars Richard Roundtree, who, if you remember from our Brick episode, is the VP in that movie. <laughs> so weird. Uh, so fun little, like, you know, sort of noir connection there, because Shaft is a, you know, noir private eye film, right? Um but yeah, that's the same. Uh, that's the same guy, Richard Roundtree, uh, Moses Gunn, Charles Kajafi. I feel like my autocorrect corrected that to something else. Um, <laughs> Christopher St. John, Gwen Mitchell, Lawrence Pressman, and Victor Arnold. Um, and the first thing I'd really like to point out with these descriptions is that they both have to clarify that they are black people, <laughs> which, which I don't understand that. Like, yeah. <laughs> we could have just said, cool, private eye, John Shaft is hired by a crime lord. Or you could easily say, you know, a nurse takes vigilante justice against inner city drug dealers. Yeah, like, that's ridiculous. I don't know why they decided they needed to put black in there, but <laughs> those are the... the, the Plot summary straight out of IMDb. Because so. like the posters and any like any any like advertising material would obviously make it aware. It, that, oh yeah, right. totally, that, that, totally aware. African American, like what the fuck? Right. Plus, like anyone who's trying to watch these films are probably watching them because they're black. They're like the quintessential black exploitation films. So <laughs> yeah, why why do you even need to point it out for those people? Even yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. That's uh, yeah, weird. You're, okay, hold on. Real, weird, weird technical <laughs> difficulty here. Jesus Your camera like froze. <laughs> And it's like flashing green yeah, like on and off, and then weird. it's just your eyes like staring You're at us. You're just like staring at us. It's like really uh, creepy, actually. Wait, I gotta well, that's take a actually happening. Yeah, do it. That's actually happening. You guys know that, right? <laughs> oh, okay. This is, so I'm turning into the Hulk. You're possessed, is what I'm Hulk happening. Man. Uh, Hulk. That's Did not, you get a video of like Hulk a man? Little... It's just Hulk. <laughs> that's a trip. Yeah, you gotta get like a video of it, too. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry, listeners, but this is can, just a... Can you guys hear me at all? I can hear yeah, you, but we just oh, can't wow. see you. You're fine. <laughs> oh, you're um, here. I'm going to try to... like. Let's end the call real quick and then call me. Call back real quick. Okay. All right. <laughs> this oh, hilarious. I'm going to send that to you. <laughs> I feel like it's been a while since we like had a real technical issue like with the camera and stuff. So uh, bear with us real quick as we get this hooked back up. <laughs> oh my god, this is weird. I don't get why it was flashing green. Hello. Oh, no. Whoa. Now there's no camera. Weird. Where did Jacob's on. face go? I don't know. <laughs> you guys are frozen too. Oh, weird! Oh, oh there wait, we go. There it goes. Oh. <laughs> Internet on someone's end is being janky right now. I am plugged in. It might be my internet. It's it been kind of be weird the last two days. Yeah. All right, we'll just move on. Cool. Um, 
Move it on. Um, uh, so, anyways, the actor <laughs> that is uh, Charles Kiafi. Kiafi, okay, or so Kiafi. It's C I O F F I. Oh, so mine for some reason it added a J that's in there. Kajafi, yeah. Sajafi, because I think that's a name. That name sounds familiar. Yeah, Kajafi, yeah, so. Kajafi. So Kiafi, kind of like Gaddafi. <laughs> yeah. That's so it's Kiafi, C I O F F I. Is that what you said? C I O F F I. And he, he's been in a whole bunch of TV, like Wings and X Files and Hawaii 5 0. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, so right off, the, right off the top here, I want to say that, um, you know, point out the fact that we are aware of the fact that we are three, like, white, you know, and I'm like half white, half Asian people discussing black filmmaking. Um, I feel like this episode would have been cooler if we would have, like, you know, had someone who was black to bring on to the show, but right. unfortunately we don't really know any black filmmakers. So. Gary. Yeah, we could have done it. That's true, actually. Well, I, I think, think I mean, we, we, I think we could make this easily into a series. I mean, there's so many. I would like to cover it again. I'd like to revisit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, these films are awesome anyway, so, like, it'd be cool to come back with, you know, someone of that perspective. Yeah, because there's so many different types. I mean, there's, like, Blackula and stuff, you know? Like, there's <laughs> right. so many ones that we can do. That's awesome. And that's that's awesome kind of part of what made Shaft Shaft is like all the all the white people who were involved like in the creative aspects behind the film, um, which also was why some people considered it controversial. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. But uh, uh, yeah, it's kind of so I mean, we're doing the same thing here. <laughs> it's ironic because we're talking about it and bringing that up. But that was the point of making these types of movies was that it created a discussion. I mean, it wasn't the point, but what happened was it created a discussion around race and whatnot, like, right. you know, so I just want to, you know, be aware of that fact and don't have people just being like, well, why are you guys talking about that? It's like when we talked about Asian cinema, yeah. it was, you know, three, two and a half white people fucking right. talking about that. So I think you <laughs> could also look at it as like, if, if we were to bring on, you know, a black person for this episode and if that's like the only episode where we bring a black person on that that wouldn't be good either <laughs> you know what right. i mean yeah I mean, i'm not trying to like tokenize but it, it's obvious that we need to like getting a perspective oh yeah you know it, it would have been the same thing with like you know the hero in hard-boiled i would have loved to have just like you know i grew up with like an asian family but to have someone who was even more entrenched in the asian culture coming yeah who really talk, got like, it yeah yeah i mean so, yeah, yeah that's what's kind of cool about these movies because like it's the character of 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 Shaft is going to mean more to a, a family or like say a young man, you know our age, watches this film because his dad loved it. That's going to give a whole new perception as as the young man than like just someone that maybe would like want to just dive into some black exploitation movies. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. There's just a, a different connection there. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so let's touch on first, like what exploitation films are, because we haven't really touched on exploitation at all yet, have we? We've kind of yeah, talked about really. it, yeah. but I don't think we've touched on it yet. Um, so exploitation films are films that you know essentially exploited trends, niche genres, and lurid content to succeed in places where Hollywood or you know quote mainstream films did not really dare to go. Although, like we said, Shaft is. Uh, a Hollywood sort of made film, like its budget was, you know, somewhere in the one and a half millions. Um, 
you know, it was it was a higher produced film. Um, so, I mean, in general, like Hollywood and whatnot, generally didn't try to go to these places or cater to these certain audiences. So, you know, people came in and filled the void, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, you have what essentially turns into black exploitation, which is, I mean, they kind of just, I don't know, exploitation is one of those genres that's like anyone can really do it. Yeah. You know, like yeah. certain genres, it takes. I don't know how to like say this correctly. Like, certain genres are can be harder to execute, whereas exploitation was never hard to execute. I mean, look at things like what was it, Double Agent seventy three or whatever, yeah. <laughs> like Blood Feast. Um, you know, those types of films that were just really, really bad, but are really important yeah. to cinema history. I mean, like right. even Night of the Living Dead could, could I mean, be Night of the Living Dead, an yeah. exploitation movie. It, no, I think we did kind of talk about it sort of that it was yeah. sort of in that area because like it just essentially was filling a niche genre like we said and it was, you know, exploiting certain aspects of, of <laughs> yeah. people like, you know, in this case too, like with black exploitation, um, you know, a lot of these types of films rely on the stereotypical portrayals of characters. So like they're exploiting the fact that these characters act in a certain way. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, let's just roll with that and even amp it up a little bit, you know? Um, so, I mean, it's a interesting genre and basically filmmakers just were like, we can make kind of these cool movies yeah. <laughs> with decent plots. Like the plots themselves are actually kind of decent, even yeah, though definitely. they're executed in ridiculous ways. Right. <laughs> um, you know, like the fight scenes in coffee are, are super cheesy, obviously. Um, but you know, like it's just an easy genre to kind of get into. Um, cause if there's a wide range of films, you know, you can get into sex exploitation, you can get into like violent exploitation, you can just get into cheese, like yeah, gross. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like, you know, there's a wide range of stuff. So it, it was, and they're cheap to make. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, coffee was a bit, you know, on the cheaper side too, with somewhere between five and a half or, uh, somewhere like at five and a half, uh, 500,000. Yeah. 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 500,000. Um, somewhere, yeah. somewhere in there. So so a shaft too, yeah. Shaft was like I think said like one point five or something like that million. Um, yeah. It had a little bit more just because of that production, but you know a lot of these other black exploitation films rely on low budgets. But what they do with their budgets is pretty cool. You know, yeah. there's a lot of they do a lot with what they ha- what they have. It kind of um, and it kind of adds to the aesthetic. You know, because totally, yeah. like you know, kind of urban and it just kind of has that like cool grungy thing but the film patina adds to that too so yeah absolutely (laughs) right right. Um, and you can tell that they like they know where to use their budget like in the sense of coffee you know like look at each scene of coffee and think how expensive was each one of these scenes really yeah you find a nice house they shot they didn't even really show that many nice houses they showed rooms basically right right Um, they didn't ever show exteriors really i mean they showed some exteriors um but essentially it was like they showed rooms of houses so find one person willing to let you shoot (laughs) in their room and you know where they shot the you know the um the main bad guy, uh, the Italian dude. Yeah, um, the fake Italian guy. The fake Italian guy in, in coffee. <laughs> What's like Visconti? No, not his his uh, his uh, uh, house in the film. That was actually Rory Rogers' house. They filmed that. Oh, really? <laughs> like fucking Rory Rogers? Like what the fuck? <laughs> like the epitome of like 
like wholesome white cowboy Hollywood, you know, like, and then they base this plantation movie. That's awesome. Like it's, like, it's like you can't get any more different. Like, which is awesome because you know that the. The, the the filmmakers probably had a laugh at that. Oh like, yeah, totally. know, like that's, oh, yeah. That's just awesome. That's totally yeah. <laughs> cool. Matroni, Matroni, yeah, Matroni, that's Matroni, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so like you know, just they knew where to to, and so like they did scenes where uh, it took a little bit more money, like the car, like flipping the cop car. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So if you save your money for those scenes that make it a little more like, I don't know, that up your production value. Yeah, definitely. And use. You know, there's a lot of rich people out there who want to just have their house showcased in a movie. Like, yeah. oh, I could be in a movie? Hell yeah. Or like, my house would be in a movie? Hell yeah. So you don't have to do that much set decoration. You just go in there, you throw up some lights and film it. You know what I mean? Well, um, that's what porn does. I mean, seriously, they have porn houses and it's people that are business owners like or CEOs and stuff that own, you know, four or five multi-million dollar houses and or even $500,000 houses, you know. Um, that they're off in another city for months at an end, and they'll rent their houses to porn companies to use. And that makes it's sense. Fast, easy money because they don't even have to be there. It's just really right. dirty. Yeah, obviously, it is a little dirty. dirty a, lot of, yeah. a lot of cleanup. Um, <laughs> Ex- no, exploitation I- is is and porn are they're are very similar. They're you writing know? the yeah, same yeah. line. They're, they're, yeah, they're writing, and they're probably literally writing the same lines, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, a lot of the lines are like, this could be in a porno. Uh, um, <laughs> no, it's, it's totally true. Uh, actually, it's kind of surprising how much porn kind of gets mixed in with, like, porn production, I mean, gets mixed in with, uh, like, movie production. Right. There's a funny still picture of uh, the the show The League, um, they're in, they're at some place or whatever, and it's like clearly a set. Um, but they're at like a party, and there's this couch in the background, and then it shows a picture of, <laughs> pulled out of a porn scene, and it's the exact same couch in the exact same set. Oh, so they shit. literally just like shot <laughs> porn and then a TV show uh, on the same set. It's, so it is like the league, which is like what NBC or some shit. Uh, FX, FX, okay. yeah. So That's a little more grungy, but you pretty know, funny. But it's <laughs> like, I mean. That, the sets exist, right? And yeah. porn yeah. pays a lot of money for that shit. Yeah. So people who have sets are not going to just be like, nah, you know what I yeah. mean? Because whatever. Right. Like, it's money to them at the end of the day. That's what matters. Right. Um, yeah, like porn and softcore porn especially and exploitation, there's so – there's like crossovers. I mean, obviously with sexploitation and stuff. But like – I mean, like Deep Throat wasn't even sexploitation. I mean, that's like – it's porn. But it was – but it was like had the distribution as like an exploitation movie like it was yeah. wide released you know yeah that's why it's so like iconic which is crazy in, in like cinema history and whatnot right um but yeah i mean it just it just makes a lot of sense you know you you save you you got to utilize utilize your budget so you save money where you can and if that means shooting in certain areas like then you're gonna shoot in those areas. Yeah. It just makes sense. And then you know, just notice where they were the other places where they shot at. You know, the they had the cop car, which I'm sure was a decent chunk of the budget, yeah, right? Yeah. But then they went mm-hmm. somewhere under a bridge. Yeah, you know, like she's sitting on a bench somewhere yeah. on a street. Uh, you know, there's like one house that they show the exterior of, but then they show one room of the house. Right. You know, uh, same thing with uh, 28 Days Later. They oh, shot yeah. at that rich dude's mansion. 
while he was still living there and essentially he just lived upstairs yeah. while they were <laughs> shooting downstairs and they faked the upstairs yeah you know because the house mm. was like big enough to do that so like why not you even know? the film uh, fences uh that came out like last year uh the denzel washington film they filmed that denzel washington wanted to film it at uh, like authentic you know real house not one that they would create for the film and right. it's you know um era uh, you know, it's era correct or whatever. And so the guy, it just some guys, like they literally, the scouting managers like walked up to the dude's house and was like, hey, like, would you be uh, like down to like have our, like a film be made? And the guy was like really cool. And yeah, he like lived upstairs and they filmed throughout the house. And like when they filmed upstairs, they would just like move the shit downstairs. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, so why like not? That. So cool. How awesome yeah. would that be to have someone knock on your door and be like, hey, can we film the new Denzel Washington movie at your house? Yeah. yeah. Of I course you'd say yes to that. Yeah. That'd be freaking now sweet. You get, you get access to the set the whole time they're shooting at your house. <laughs> right? You're getting paid for it. Yeah. I mean, it's disruptive to your life, but so what? Yeah, like, yeah. Plus it I, raises the value of your house. Oh, you yeah, can, You could say like, hey, they shot fences here. Yeah. And people people would look at that and be like wow that's really cool I want to live there oh totally yeah, yeah that would yeah. increase the value and of he house, was like, like an crazy. older gentleman like he was retired and stuff I think he just kind of hung out and chilled out like on set and watched that's what oh, I did that's, you know? that'd that's be so sweet sick. yeah that'd be sick there, when I was I was uh, helping out with the production once and it, we, we shot over in um, UW area um, it's the largest production that I've ever been part of um and the house was like this uh, crappy, like college house. So they had like <laughs> there was like six dudes who lived there. And um, the reason we were able to shoot there is because their landlord in the contract he said um, one or two times every year I, uh, you know, I, I I sell this house out to a production to shoot there. And so it's like <laughs> written in their contract for them to like leave for a few days and clean up. Um, you know, and, and and you know, go to someone else's house for a couple of days, uh, so they can shoot a production project there. Wow, that's <laughs> wow. super cool. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense because how much you know, you probably don't know this, but how much did the production pay the landlord to use the house? You know, I like, uh, I don't know. I could find out, um, but I don't. I, I don't figured know you wouldn't know off the top hand. of your head, but yeah, the guy got paid for yeah, it. Yeah, you know? they so. yeah they do get paid a. A significant amount. So. Exactly. Well, in that UW area, the real estate there is super expensive. I mean, like the the lots themselves, like maybe not the houses, but like the this the land that they're on. I mean, it's it's expensive. So like it, the the landowner is probably is worth their time, you know, oh, yeah. writing all that up, you know, in their contracts and stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. And this was like a commercial, you know. Yeah. This was like legit, a legit production. It wasn't yeah. like, you know, there's probably like a hundred people there like yeah. working on it Shit, that's hey, where the dude. money's at too so. yeah yeah it's big big money <laughs> I, give, I give props to the land the, the the company there the landowners <laughs> yeah i mean they like know what's up yeah they know they, what's going on they know the yeah. hustle they do. Yeah. yeah so uh so i just realized that the questions i had written down we essentially answered already by talking <laughs> just about the films oh, and whatnot so that's funny uh, we can jump into what you have, Jacob, since I know you have. Oh uh, well, a couple I of just things. thought of a new one. Um, what makes a film a so like we we have black exploitation as as a genre, and then we also have all black films. Um, so you know the Tyler Perry's the um, 
you know, there's Girls Trip just came out. Fences, what, like Byron. Uh, fences, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. But like light. films that are. Yeah, Moonlight, Moonlight, yeah, yeah that's yeah. great. Uh, so films that like have an all black cast versus black exploitation. What would you guys say is the difference between those two things? I mean, I guess for me, I think when I think of black exploitation, I think of primarily seventies and eighties. I think like the exploitation genre itself, that's where it was like huge. Like it was huge during the seventies and eighties. Not so much anymore. Like I don't think there's a whole bunch of money in the exploitation market now. I think that genre has now just kind of come into kind of like d movies you know um yeah. where they're just kind of just bad just because of the production value they're not really going for like exploiting the violence or exploiting the almost like straight to dvd right type it's movies. just like straight to dvd it's not but i don't think the people there are trying to push anything because everything's been pushed now where as in the 70s because of vietnam and everything they were like they were going out of their way to find things to exploit really because that's what's because that's that's what people were drawing or giving their money to you know like people wanted to see something new and something different something that was you know shocking or gross or or sexy um and it's it was a form of escapism because of vietnam and um and also they were a little more desensitized because of the images that they were seeing from vietnam where the violence became more violent you know like Clockwork mm-hmm. Orange came out, you know, right between um, Shaft and Coffee, and as the seventies, I think, just kind of had that 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 feel, that atmosphere of of more where exploitation was kind of it was it was more it was more okay than it is maybe now. Um, I can't imagine what like quote an exploitation film would look like now. I think it would be. Um, they just kind of turned into other stuff. Yeah, like, like exploitation evolved into a multitude of like subgenres. Right. And so you have sort of exploitation, but you don't really have that 70s yeah. exploitation that we think of. Right. Right. Um are you guys do you guys think that black exploitation as a genre is outside of like an homage or outside of like an occasional film is kind of done like as a as an idea i think it's a dead genre unfortunately which sucks because i think it's i think it's i think i love that genre um and i think especially now like in the present day you know political and racial atmosphere that we have in america i think it would be great if it could come back and it might i mean i think it would be great we are seeing some big movies like Moonlight and Fences come out that have become successful and critically appraised um, and they happen to have you know African American leads and stories and hopefully we'll see more of that it's not exploitation um, but I don't think we need black exploitation and we just need more African American or you know black stories right I also get the feeling that in today's world if you make a film and call it black exploitation or black exploitation, there's going to be a lot of PC people who yeah, that's are true. like, what do you mean you're exploiting yeah. black people? Right. You know what I mean? Like you, you could only get away with it if you were black essentially making it. Right. You know, I, I think I there'd think, be, yeah, there'd be a lot of backlash for sure. Yeah. It comes more from like, cause like we just oh, talked God. about like, <laughs> did you just say blacklash? Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. Um, <laughs> uh, it comes more from, like, the reasons of why it was 
why it came about. You know, like we talked about, it was derived from a, a need, the fact that there was just no films like catering to that audience. So right, people right. came in and filled the void. Nowadays, I think filmmakers, especially quote unquote minority filmmakers or people who are essentially not white filmmakers, so Mexican, Asian, whatever, black, um, essentially all like they're trying to create films that are of similar quality or higher to like the Hollywood standard of right. production value. Yeah. Right. Because right. they want to be able to compete in the sex Same of that market. sphere. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're not interested they're they're interested in, in elevating the social aspect of these like people's right. Uh, by having the higher quality films. That's a like, super good point. Holy you know, shit. like, Get Out, right? Get Out was, like, one of the f- first real successes of, like, black writer-director, yeah. black actor, having real mainstream success because yeah. he was attempting to make a film that was actually serious. Yeah, right. Like, you know, black exploitation, like, these filmmakers were making, they were serious about making a film, but their films obviously have this tone of being semi not serious. Like, you yeah. know, there's some fun right. aspects to yeah, it. Definitely. It's kind of ridiculous yeah. how it all went, how it came about. But right. I think a lot of people are trying to move away from these types of genres because it's just, how is, if, if coffee was made now, how is that going to compete with the Oscar movies? How is that yeah. going to compete with Moonlight, which yeah. is trying to be, very, very serious. Yeah. You know, right. and I mean, have I think, a real comment on something. Like, I think you can. I think you can make coffee now and make it serious and, and make it be like, you know, an Academy Award winner, but you will have to lose all that, like, comedy and yeah. the cheese and, and it, it wouldn't be the same film. It could be the same storyline, yeah. you know, um, same characters, but different execution in style of. You know, not necessarily how it was shot, but the, right. of the direction of it. Yeah, I guess they, they definitely yeah. wouldn't have that scene where there's like, they're, where they're like fighting and their boobs are like flying right. around. Right, like exactly. that would totally exactly. just be gone <laughs> right. together. Yeah, yeah which exactly. at that point would it be a black exploitation movie? You know, if you take out all the boob. Yeah, no. Like, I don't know if it would still qualify as one. Yeah, you start to lose the exploitation, quote unquote, exploitation yeah. aspect of things, right? Um, by trying to make it a film that is more of what you expect today. Right. So which is why the exploitation genre in general has kind of just gone by the wayside. I mean, you know, uh, a good example of another exploitation film that was made more recently was um, Death Proof. Right. That's car exploitation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's that style. But then again, he had to essentially create something along the 70s, uh, 80s aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. So yeah. like it wasn't even like modern yeah. in that sense. It was and modern it in the sense that it was a nice cars. Box office but, failure. And it was it, it was a it was, you know, what he considers to be his weakest film yeah. and, uh, and a lot of people consider it to be his weakest film. Um uh, so it's just it's really hard to pull off something like that. I mean, you know, I think um the Reefer Madness musical is another good example of what a modern take on exploitation. Sure. Oh yeah. Um, you Perfect know, example. but then again that yeah. had to be tongue in cheek. Yeah. They you know right. they did which because they're talking about weed, but also because, like, how do you pull that off seriously, yeah. even with a different topic? You right. Know what I mean, and Showtime did that one. Like, it, like, at, like, it wasn't going to get any funding from Warner Brothers or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I mean, 
for all I know, Showtime's could be some 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 sort of subsidiary of Warner Brothers. But <laughs> I mean, I guess Trailer Park Boys, the show, could be considered riding that exploitation line, yeah. or they they were influenced heavily by right. exploitation, you know, aesthetic. Um, you know, it's really tough. I mean, you really, I, I guess, reality TV in in a way is is. Yeah, it seems <laughs> like it is kind yeah, of exploitation. That's exploitation too, I guess. Yeah, it's like that's, exploiting yeah. people's yeah. lives and shit. Yeah. It is, it is, yeah, yeah. for sure. But, I mean, they signed up for it, and it's probably all fake most of it. But, but it's the same sort of interest. Oh like, yeah, like people want to see people want to see you know Kim and 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 Chloe and whatever you know get into like slap you know fights or whatever it is. How, oh yeah, you know like. Um, where I mean, who doesn't want to see Pam Greer and, and some other half naked chick fighting? It's funny. Yeah, even like I love that scene because all the men are like watching and they're they're like concerned but also like interested. You know, they like they're all the same. Like they're, they're not all stopping like, it. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, they're like, like this is kind of neat. And also, I'm concerned that she can kick everybody's ass too. You know, it was like a, it's both. Like everyone feels both. It's pretty funny. So awesome. Yeah. Shit. Okay. I mean, yeah, well, it's, it's just ooh. tough. It's tough. I think, you, you know, you really got, it's a lot of genre and a lot of cinema has to be taken into context, you know, the historical context at the time. Right. Cause that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. A lot, it's all tied to the time. I mean, we talk about cinema in decades, the seventies, right. the eighties, yeah. nineties, right. like, and they each have their own very distinct aesthetic. Yeah. Um, generally tied to music too. Cause like oh, music yeah. in these films, is fucking sick. Fucking awesome. It's yeah, super man. good music. Yeah. Really like cool. First, that <laughs> intro scene on coffee when like, yeah. you know, it starts on that door that's got like the circles, the concentric circles or whatever and it's just like <laughs> just this funk beat. Dude, Dude it's, uh, it's so yeah. good. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So good. And then Shaft, I mean, the beginning of Shaft, same way. Dude, Grammy um, Award winning soundtrack. It really was. Like, which is awesome. Which is like kind of incredible for 1971 to right. have, have to have like, have this guy Isaac Hayes actually like I love that it's Isaac you know? Hayes too. yeah that's just right. funny so funny no he started singing we were watching Shaft and uh, <laughs> my girlfriend's like you know when he when Isaac Hayes finally starts singing she goes that sounds like Chef. <laughs> it's like it is Chef. Like it is chef. <laughs> same person, same dude. And then you can totally see where South Park gets its super tongue in cheek, like with some of their music, because the intro song to Shaft is literally them just like saying Shaft and then talking about what he's yeah. doing. Yeah, yeah. It's literally like he's walking into the door now. He's like, the girls. yeah, like, and South Park ends up doing the same thing where they have these cheesy songs that are just like talking about what they're doing, you know, because right. Isaac Hayes was a part of that production for. For a long time so, so funny um, so funny. and then he had his own things with scientology and whatnot but, <laughs> right um, which there's an episode of south park about exactly. the very thing <laughs> um i just want to cover real quick i just want to go through this list before you do your next question um yeah, sure. to talk about how widespread this genre actually has become so you have things like exploitation um which started out in like the teens and 20s i mean exploitation has been yeah. around since the beginning of film yeah. um, for madness the original thing is kind of like an exploitation absolutely movie. Right. all those yeah. uh those um what are those psa films or whatever those yeah. like oh, yeah d- you know dental hygiene or safe sex or whatever those are all <laughs> exploitation films um and are talked about as such uh but then you have uh grindhouse films um so 1930s 40s cautionary films also like 20s ish so biker films black exploitation cannibal films can exploitation um is a 
says this says it's a neologism that was coined in 1999 uh canadian so canadian um oh, that's films. super funny um Canadian exploitation. Then you have car exploitation, which we just talked about. So then that's Vanishing Point. Um, you know, Death Race Black 2000. Top. Yeah, right. Um, Death Race. Yeah, that's good. Yep. Uh, Chambra, Chambara films. So this is. Uh, is that a Mexican one? No, this is has to do with Jap- uh, Japan. Oh, Japan. Okay. Yeah. So it's an onomatopoeia describing the clash of swords. Oh, um, its wow. origins can be traced back as far as Kurosawa. Uh, apparently uh then you have giallo films obviously so this is the italian horror um the slasher type films mockbusters uh mondo films so these are like the <laughs> shockumentaries these are the ones that are like so this is uh faces of death is the, yeah. probably the best example monster movies so this goes far as far back as you know godzilla you have cujo you know Piranha. So those are yeah, exploitation Piranha, films. That's a good example. So like Sharknado, yeah. Piranha 3D, those are yeah. kind of modern like horror exploitation, right? Right. Then you have Nazi exploitation. So Il- Ilsa, She-Wolf of the SS, uh, which I think we talked about. Then you have nudist films. These originated in the 30s. Um, exploitation refers to Australian horror, erotic, or crime films. Some of those are excellent, um, too. We yeah, should do Australia Australian is, is cinema pretty, sometime. like, underrated, I yeah. think. Rape and revenge films, so I Spit on Your Grave, um, Last House on the Left, yeah. uh, you know, hmm. stuff like that. Um, red exploitation concerns Native American characters. Sex exploitation that's pretty, you know, resembles softcore porn. Um, slasher films, so, you know, Halloween is kind of in there a little bit, but Psycho, it says Psycho is often credited with creating the basic premise of the genre, um, but, you know, you also have, like, this is kind of more in the 80s with, like, Nightmare on Elm Street, um, but I would put Blood Feast in there yeah, as well. Yeah. Space exploitation, so space, sci-fi. Uh, mm-hmm. Spaghetti Westerns are sort of in there, too, because of the way that, you know, yeah. I mean, those are a little, a little more highbrow in their aesthetic, but they kind of fit. Well, there's some really that, shitty ones. There are, sure. totally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, splatter film or gore, you know, gore horror, gore whatever. Um, so Herschel Gordon Lewis is a good example. I, they put Blood Feast in, in this one. Um, but those types of, you know, horror films that were just trying to shock you. Yeah, yeah. Um, Evil Dead is kind of in there, too. Women in Prison films. So those, oh, that's a great genre. Those emerged in the early 70s. Uh, the Big Dollhouse, Women in Cages, Barbed Wire yeah. Dolls. Uh, and then you have some minor, other minor subgenres: Brit exploitation, Bruce exploitation. So this is films profiting from the death of Bruce Lee with lookalike actors. Um, category <laughs> three really films funny. are Hong Kong. It says Hong Kongese films aimed at audiences eighteen or older. Um, Chop Saki, so martial arts films um, made primarily in like the sixties and seventies. Christ exploitation, exploitation films, exploitation <laughs> films with overly Christian themes, Passion of Joan of the Ark, Gospel According to St. Matthew, goth exploitation, you know, goth films, obviously, uh, hippie exploitation, hick exploitation, so hillbilly creatures and monsters and stuff, Jew exploitation films in which Jewish characters exact revenge yes. against stereotypical adversaries, martial arts films, obviously, so th- they're talking more like Street Fighter. Um, some Bruce Lee films kind of fit in there. I think Big Boss is kind of uh, the one I think of. Um, Mexican sex comedies, <laughs> which apparently is its own genre. <laughs> Mexploitation, so Mexican yeah, me- exploitation. Ninja films, nun exploitation. So like nuns. El Topo could be like a Mexican.
exploitation film. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, uh, Yodorowsky. Yeah, um, but it's also one of the a uh, Christ one too. Could be. Yeah, it's some, I mean, a lot of these fill multiple genres, right? Um, so nuns exploitation, so nuns in dangerous oh, or erotic situations. Dude, those are nice. <laughs> Those are hilarious. The Devil's Killer Nun School of the Holy Bees. Yeah. Uh, Pinku Ega, so pink films, Japanese uh, sex exploitation films, porno chan. Porno Chanchada, so Brazilian naive softcore porn films, Rumbaras films, musical film genre that was flourished um, in the golden age of Mexican cinema, quote unquote, in the 40s and 50s, shark exploitation, Jaws, Sharknado, stoner film or stoner exploitation, <laughs> that's, you know, Cheech and Chong, <laughs> teen exploitation, uh, exploitation of teenagers by the producers of teen oriented films with uh, plots involving drugs, sex, alcohol, and crime. Yeah. Um, kids, I think, is a good example yeah. of that. Um, Turk exploitation, Turkish films, uh, vigilante films, um, which person breaks the law to exact justice. Charles Bronson, for yeah, example, death that. Stuff, coffee, yeah. obviously, like we were just talking about, um, and then finally, Zach exploitation or ZA exploitation, which is the exploitation films of South America. Oh, and then you get into wow. B-movie, cult film, midnight movie, video nasty. Like, this genre is ridiculous, yeah, dude. Like, I mean, th- that was so much shit that I just read off there. Right. Uh, and it that's seems just like cursory, the, like, search. Oh, yeah. It, seem, it seems like every film has a, a, a certain level of exploitation in it. Um, but I guess where maybe the difference between an exploitation film is where the entire focus of the film is is on the, the exploitating the certain thing versus you know maybe having a little bit here a little bit there but uh, <laughs> you know fast and furious all about car cars exploitation, yeah. right totally. it's kind of car exploitation but you have these strong character performances and you you have a lot more going on in the movie than just that you know, then yeah, the cars. I think I think right, that right. movie tries to elevate itself out of the sort of quote car exploitation genre yeah. by making it more serious with its themes, its characters, and stuff like that. Right, and yeah. this plotting because um, it right. kind of takes itself seriously. It does take yeah, itself fairly yeah. seriously, which is why it's a, not a great like you know movie, right? Like, <laughs> like that's why they're guilty pleasure movies because they're trying to take themselves seriously, yeah, it's but like, it's so outlandish, you know. Um, right. That's a great. That's a great example of modern day car. Yeah. because like the whole like okay we're gonna drive this lamborghini across two buildings in abu dhabi like (laughs) think about what you just said you know like right pitching that scene is like okay so we're going back to 70s car exploitation that new one with all the cars going out of the uh, the car parking yeah. garage oh, yeah, and yeah. shit is like holy yeah. oh yeah fuck. yeah or, or like where they send the cars out of the plane and they parachute yeah, down in right. the cars yeah. it's yeah. just like come yeah. on dude so sweet so ridiculous <laughs> um, so there are examples for sure but I think yeah. the difference like you said is like what what are they trying to achieve and also what is the quality of the movie because like I think exploitation films are not trying to be high quality either like a lot of them yeah, are they just can't be yeah, well, yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways they really can't be. I mean, Coffee right. was, they weren't trying to make a bad film with Coffee, right? It was just that due to technology, due to access to technology, and just what they were doing, like, they weren't attempting to make what looks like a cinematic yeah. film, right? Right. I mean, I was impressed with both Shaft and Coffee on, on the technical um, aspect of it, where, like, there were some shots, I was like, holy shit, like, that was, like, that good. was like blocked really well and like mm-hmm. um 
you could tell that the filmmakers weren't like just like point and shoot, you know? Yeah, totally. Which was kind of cool, especially Shaft, like those scenes where he's talking. Um, there's a lot of dialogue scenes, and there's a the shot the scene where he's talking to um, the the uh, Bumpy, the uh, the African crime boss. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of just sitting in his leather chair and stuff, and they're talking. And the way that whole shot film or that whole scene is like framed and shot i was so impressed there were so many different different angles yeah that i was like holy shit like they actually really took their time to set up different angles and close-ups and shit for this scene i mean it's filmmakers who know yeah. about filmmaking right yeah like, they but, knew yeah. how to edit right like the editing was yeah i mean sometimes it gets wonky because when you're trying to do low budget fighting scenes yeah. it's gonna get kind of wonky right but like the editing was Fairly What's classical good? editing, I think you know? both yeah. of these films, I think we lucked out. These are kind of more well-made ones. Yeah. There are there yeah. are some that I'm sure that we'll probably watch, you know, that are, I mean, that are definitely, like, like holy shit, like, what were they thinking? Like, yeah. yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't seen either of these movies before, and I was expecting, like, them to just jump into a conversation to kick off the movie, you know? I, I was not expecting, like... Like Shaft has this really great intro to it with like the <laughs> yeah. credits and stuff, and so does Coffee. Like Coffee, Coffee has its like long take at the beginning with the credits, and it really gets gives you a feel of the movie before you, you know, before they start talking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I, I honestly, I was expecting like all that to be thrown out the window, and they just like start talking, and it, like <laughs> it'd be like this really raw exploitation thing. But it felt like pretty like well put together especially the beginning of shaft i really like how it kind of introduces the city first and then and like the 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 world and then shaft like appears in the world and he's just a freaking badass dude (laughs) yeah i mean you can tell that these filmmakers had watched like early noir yes and read early noir and because like noir what's important about that genre is is the uh setting the city right right yeah because it's mystery you know like the 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 mystery in shaft is where's the daughter how do i get to her right um and so one of the biggest branches of mystery is having a good setting for yeah. the mystery. I mean, that's probably number one before you even have a character, you know. Um, why would you shoot it in New York versus shooting it in the Pacific Northwest yeah. versus shooting it in South America, right? There's <laughs> got to be a distinct reason as to why. Right. Um, or like with, uh, what was it, Wind River, they, you know, the right. in Montana. Yeah. Um, they they picked that setting specifically, so it's really cool how, like, you see that in Shaft, and they're shooting it from the top of buildings. You know, shooting him walking, and you kind of just get these you get these zoom in, so you start yeah. wide, so you do see you know Manhattan, yeah. and then you see Shaft down there, and yeah. um, you know he's interacting with the different people and doing what New Yorkers do essentially. Um, <laughs> so you have that vibe; it gives that vibe too, creates the tone uh, for the movie. Yeah, I absolutely. was like pleasantly surprised how many gangster references there were too, like like old school thirties like. Um, uh, uh, I mean, look at how the dudes are dressed. Like like the original Scarface, and yeah. like yeah, the guys are dressed with like fedoras and trench coats, yeah. and, and right. they even have fucking Tommy guns. Yeah, like which is yeah. like like Tommy guns in the seventies. Like what? But it works. <laughs> like and like there's even a shot towards the end. The, the final climactic scene it's just a close up shot of the of the of like gloved hands and the Tommy gun just like shooting mm-hmm. you know it's like yeah. th- the most obvious gangster you know thir- in the 1930s gangster 
shot ever mm-hmm. and, and, and they inserted it there and it just works and i was impressed it was the first time i had seen this film i hadn't i hadn't picked up on that aspect of it but this second time watching it i i was like oh my god like there's these guys like these guys like watched like 30s gangster films yeah these filmmakers <laughs> yeah. knew about film history while making this movie and then Oddly enough, the movie went on to be super influential just in general yeah. and well-known in cinema history. Right? You can see a lot right. of how people pull a lot of references from this movie. Right. Um, it is in the National Film Registry. Shaft is. Yeah, of course. That doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is great. Super, super important film. Yeah. Um, like I said, it, it just there's a lot of influence that people have taken, and you can see it just in pop culture or more like you know recent like TV shows. And yeah, stuff for yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah, right. definitely a good point. I mean, on they the had TV to remake shows. it. Yeah, yeah. You know, they even remade it because it was such a influential film, which I haven't seen that version. They even have Shaft in Africa. <laughs> That's they right. Do. I think do, it yeah. stars like Fred Williamson or something. I'm really oh, curious. Funny. I wonder if uh, Black Panther is going to have any references. Oh, I bet it will. To it, I bet it will, know? dude. I honestly yeah. cannot wait for Black Panther because I know that they're going to sprinkle like some really cool. Because I mean, you look at that cast and you look like it's saturated with like so much like f- black or African American movie baggage already right totally you know right. so like you know that they're going to probably just embrace that you totally. know i hope oh, so. yeah. i can't wait i can't wait yeah, yeah it's gonna be awesome um all right so jacob do you have another thing yeah let's uh so i got a couple more trivia stuff it seemed like we kind of enjoyed that in the last episode um so these are some questions and you guys can uh can tell me the answers and what's great about this is we already kind of talked about this stuff so maybe you guys will uh be able to guess it um so first question is what's the longest stretch of years between black exploitation films oh that i don't know holy shit okay so by that you mean like they made one and then like yeah, wider, so they, like, like a like a, if they made one in 1984 and then made an another one was made in 1985 that'd be a five-year stretch right so it, if you want to guess, no, I guess we can just say whoever's four and eighty five is a year difference. What are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I meant uh, nineteen eighty four and nineteen eighty nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. sorry. I totally jumped to the the, the subtraction first. I mean, <laughs> it was way ahead of myself. Um, so yeah, that'd be a five year stretch between okay. nineteen eighty four and nineteen eighty five. So yeah, what is the uh, longest stretch of ye- of years between black exploitation films. So this would be like um, whether it's independently produced or um, you know, I- I'm sure there have been some that are just like on Vimeo, but these these have like a production company behind them or oh, okay. were f- were financed somehow. Whether that's out of someone's pocket and then picked up for distribution, showed up at a film festival, stuff like that. I'm gonna say 18 years. 18 years. Because I know that remake of Shaft was like 2001, and I'm going to consider that into black exploitation. And I'm guessing it sort of ended or fizzled out in like the early 80s. So I'm going to go with like 18 years or so. Yeah, I want to go 2001. When did Black Dynamite come out? 2011? I'm going like, I'm maybe going like 10 years. Okay, well, the answer is nine years. Yeah, close. Um, (laughs) So, Black Dynamite, I I would have answered your question, but uh, that's part of the answer here. Black Dynamite came out in 2009, um, and then Proud Mary was released in January of 2018, um, which is the 
latest kind of black exploitation movie. It was independently financed. Um, and With, I, uh, I haven't seen it. Taraji Henson, right? Taraji P. Henson? Or yeah. The yeah. lady from Empire? Yeah. And, uh, you know, has it stars like a Pam Greer type character as the titular uh, character. Uh, pun not intended. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, that's <laughs> that. Damn it. <laughs> Directed by Babak Najafi. Babak Najafi. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of like the latest one. I I haven't seen it, so I don't know if it's like a true black exploitation or if it's branded as one to um, you know kind of appeal to that audience. I think it's kind of branded as one because when I see saw the trailer, like it looks like a legitimate like movie that would be out in theaters that you'd see now. Right. But yet you can tell that there's an homage. There's a there's, there's an, homage an homage to, to it. like Pam Greer and 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 that type of film. Um, sure. Uh, but yet, but yet it's it's not. You could tell there's no like crazy rack zooms or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Like right. like the, like the way it's shot doesn't look like it's shot to make it look like an exploitation film. <laughs> the director right, right. is an Iranian Swedish film director making oh, yeah. a black exploitation <laughs> film. And Taraji Henson or whatever, she she uh, she's producing it too because she really wanted to make sh- she had befriended the director or the writer or something a while back, and they've been working on the project for a long time. Um, Danny Glover's in it too. Oh, sweet! Yeah, it was kind of neat. Yeah, I haven't even heard of this, so that's cool to hear about that. So nine years, all right. Nine years, Fair yeah. Enough. So I'm not sure if that qualifies. And Black Dynamite is. Um, kind of a parody of black exploitation too so it's hard to say whether that is actually black exploitation or just a spoof uh in the well, same way spoof like spoof is a kind of exploitation movie itself right yeah oh yeah for so sure I think, I think it totally would be i think right yeah i guess that makes sense in the same way like undercover brother uh is <laughs> right. a spoof yeah too um <laughs> yeah which i fucking that movie's awesome um okay so the second question is and you guys can give multiple answers for this uh what years between 1990 and 2009 was a black exploitation film not released so uh this this is what years between 1990 and 2009 so that's when 2009 is when black dynamite came out and 1990 was when Return of the Superfly came out. So I'm curious if you guys can name any years where we didn't have a black exploitation movie. And 99 if we did, and 2000. I, I will say what movie it is. 99 and 2000. 99. 99, that is correct. We had none. Uh, but in 2000, there was Leprechaun in the Hood. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, 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 awesome. that's the one with Ice Cube, right? Or uh, someone ooh. is it Ice T, Ice T, or Ice Cube, or I think it's Ice T, Ice T, in yeah. the hood. Yeah, um, I actually, I think it, I think it was Ice T. Oh, it's Ice T. Yeah, it's not yeah. Ice Cube. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's funny. Two thousand two. Two thousand two. Uh, there was no black exploitation film that year. Killing it. Right <laughs> two thousand one. I know because Shaft and then Pootie Tang. Pootie Tang. Uh, yeah. Written and, and directed by Louis C.K. Right. And and Bones. Bones and is Bones. another one. Bones. Yeah. Um, what you got, Byron? Two thousand three. I'm going. Oh, man, there, there's so many. I'm trying to. Ah, oh, fuck. Maybe okay. ninety. <laughs> 
I want to say Five. 97 for some reason. Well, but Jackie Brown, man. Jackie Brown, 97. Zach, would you... Cons- I guess it is. Yeah, I guess that's black exploitation. Oh, mm-hmm. fuck. I'm... I'm- 94. I was going to say 94, too. That was my 94. A film called Kiss My Bad Ass. <laughs> Damn it. Came out. And it has, like, six S's at the end. 2003. Two A's in bad. So that might be a reference to Sweet... Oh, fuck. What's the name of it? Sweet Something Badass. Yeah. Last uh, Song or something like that. And it has a lot of S's at the end of Badass. <laughs> yeah. What is... Uh, yeah, the, it's in. Um, Fuck! It was a seventies exploitation film, but I forget the name of it. Badass is something oh, shit, sweet song or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh god, what is that? Um, sweet, sweet bad. Uh, <laughs> sweet sweetbacks badass song. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's what it is. So yeah, it's totally a reference to that. And uh, it's pretty Keith, cool. two thousand three. Another film called Badass <laughs> with an exclamation point at the end came out there. How year. many years do we have left? So it was 2002 I'll, or 1999. I'll, I'll just, I'll fly through them. So 1990, we had Return of the Superfly. 91, we had no, nothing. 92, we had. 91, there was nothing. Okay. Gay N words from <laughs> outer space, which Holy is shit. actually amazing. Um, have you guys watched that movie? No. no. Okay, I have a trivia question for oh it later after God. this round. Um, no pretty, fucking way! It's a it's amazing. It's a, it's an amazing movie. Um, so 1993, nothing. Holy Kiss my badass in 94. Um, 1995 <laughs> had nothing. God. Don't look at don't look at trivia yet. I'm gonna ask you a question about it. Don't look it up. I want to look no. it up. Goddamn! Okay. Don't look it up. It's Wait. so bad. When you go to search don't, for it, no, don't I'm not look it looking up. it up. Just okay. relax for a second. When you go to search for it on Wikipedia, the movie pops up, which is it's also one word, by the way. The gay yeah, it is one word. Yeah. It's also the the gay n word association of America. Like what? what it's 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 great. It's it's a what? it's black exploitation. It's science oh fiction exploitation. Oh, this it's is awesome. an internet trolling organization. They have trolled several prominent websites and internet personalities. Okay, Holy shit. the GNAA. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, God. it's great. You can you can watch it. Oh, this on, is actually not funny. They, this is actually not a funny organization. They are listed as a far right cyber terrorist organization. God so, damn. Yeah, that is surprising. Funny. Not funny. Okay, uh, what else? Uh, 1994, Kiss My Badass. 1995, nothing. Uh, 1996 is Original Gangsters with T-A-S. Uh, 97, we had Jackie Brown. Uh, 98 was nothing. 99 was nothing. 2000, Leprechaun in the Hood. 2001, we had Bones, and you guys mentioned some other ones. 2002, nothing. 2003, we had Badass. 2004, we had nothing. And then from... 2005 to 2009, we had five movies in a row. Bossin' Up, Hood of Horror, Black Devil Doyle, <laughs> Hookers yeah. in Revolt, and Black Dynamite. Oh, man. And then all the way down to 2018, Proud Mary. So we had this long stretch of just, like, no one spoofing it. Like, we, we kind of had Tarantino's um, Django Unta- Unchained, which is pretty heavy in the black exploitation thing. It's like revenge. Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't black call it that's the, that's the thing that's hard. I wouldn't like, call it that. I wouldn't call though. it that. I would, it's obviously it's influenced by that. Yeah, like, yeah, he yeah. loves that shit, Because it's just like, as influenced by black exploitation as Spaghetti Western. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Or, su- or superhero films. <laughs> that's too. true, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, 
next question, which you guys, we already kind of talked about, like why we haven't seen a proper black exploitation film for almost a decade. Like we talk about the Vietnam War and stuff like that. But why, why was, do you guys think there was a long stretch between Black Dynamite and Proud Mary? Do you, do you think it's just like this is a done genre or, or, or um, do, do you think there's a poli- like Obama being president think, is I in th- there? I think that has to be a part of it. I think the fact that Obama was president, I think maybe people thought that, oh, well, now that we have uh, an African-American president, like, you know, our our racial tensions aren't you know that high but then when that guy when that kid got shot um what was his name that said that i forgot his name oh my god that's a crazy poster the the the, black lives matter thing yeah oh yeah that's what what the movie looks like 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 that's what they all look like that that guy that got shot with the hood um yeah yeah yeah, the um, hands up, don't shoot. When when thing. that happened, I think it then became everybody became aware, like, oh crap, like racism is a problem, and it you know, and it's bigger right. than maybe a lot of people had, you know, had, didn't know. You know what I mean? Like, I I think they knew, but they didn't want to know. Um, and then yeah. I think then it maybe became like a subject where it's like, oh yeah, yeah, maybe let's not tackle that one. You know, yeah, especially like let's, let's hold it pulled back on it. Yeah, yeah. especially by uh, um, the majority of directors being white. Um, they probably didn't want to broach that subject. Right. Um, especially in like the in tw- the Twitter verse now. Right. Like right. how fr- like your movie's just going to tank. Exactly. Uh, because of that. Yeah. I mean, unless you're big budget like American <coughs> Gangster with Ridley Scott and Denzel Washington. You know what I mean? Right. Like uh, unless you do something like that. But then again, the main character is basically Russell Crowe. Right. So it's kind of, uh, you know, yeah, it's I, tough. I mean, I think I'm going to go back to what I said. Just like it's just at this time, especially at Combining what Byron said, because I think you're totally right. I think politics had a huge influence on this, having the first mm-hmm. black president. And I think a lot of uh, artists were saying, okay, look, we are now elevated. Right, right. Like, that automatically elevated us past where we've kind of felt like we've been kept for so long. So now we can make the art that is yeah. at the same level as, you know, everyone else, essentially. You know, I mean, we, you we can be taken seriously. Yeah. Like, almost like we can be taken seriously. And I think um, right. TV has done a lot for that. Like, you have that show Atlanta. You have that show uh, Empire. Um, Empire. You have that show uh, Treme. You have these shows that... Blackish. That, that showcase um, kind of the African-American experience in our present day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of helped... Um, companies like Annapurna Pictures and A24 and Blumhouse or whatever, you know, to get more of these um, directors and writers uh, to have to make films that, you know, so that's why we're getting um, Tangerine and Moonlight and these other, you know, films that um, showcase or um, are made by, you know, African-Americans, which is pretty cool. Um and I think hip hop culture has become huge in the last three years, um, and I think so. It's only it's only growing more. Yeah. We're going to see more and more oh, yeah. of it, which is great. I can see. I mean, we're we're talking like black people in general because, well, first black president. But I mean, the second there's the first Mexican president. The second there's the first, 
you know, Asian president Native or whatever. American, Native American, yeah, like, yeah. That's going to change everything in the same way, I think. I think right. it's just going to be like there's going to be this gap where, like, okay, you know, we can utilize this, which is weird because it's literally we can exploit this time, p- period of time yeah. to make things that are not exploitative. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's kind of what's going on. Yeah, and definitely. I, I could, I'm, you know, the first woman president is going to change that too. Yeah. Women are going to be like, I mean, women are already being taken more seriously just in general right. in like the creative sphere and Hollywood. If, since we're talking movies, let's talk, you know, in the in the filmmaking sphere, um, being taken more seriously, given more project, given higher budget projects, um, right. just more the ability to create what they want to create. Um, and you know, you can see that whole th- <clears throat> like aspect being shifted. Definitely, you know, if yeah. there's a woman, you know, if Hillary were to be president and Obama wasn't like, <clears throat> or like, you know, if Hillary was president or whatever, um, you know, that's going to change the, the discussion around it for sure. Um, I mean, I, I like, I also think too, like, it's, it's important the exploitation movies allow certain things to to come up that weren't there before like yeah like um like with coffee i mean i think it's like i think it's super impressive that coffee came out in 1971 it stars a, a woman who's the main character who takes things in her own hands and the fucking title of the movie is it's a her. woman's name. Yeah. And it's an yeah. African-American woman. Like, that says so much. Like, like that's way ahead of its time. You know totally. what I mean? Like, oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, like, the exploitation genre allows for those things to come out. Um, and then, like, you know, we go periods of time where we, like, revert back to more conservative or you know people get scared or something you know um times and they don't breach these subjects um like maybe they should and then we get an explosion of it mm-hmm. you know and i think we're getting to that we're getting back to that explosion i think hopefully yeah <laughs> yeah for sure yeah i mean just look at the it's odd the reactionary i mean it's a lot of it's reactionary right i mean yeah. with the political climate we have now a lot of the films that are being more successful are not only is it because the discussion has finally reached the point where it's okay, we're not, we're done discussing. Now's the time to take action right. and show, <laughs> you know, results of, to what we've been discussing. But also, it's a reaction to the fact that a lot of people don't want to be associated with the more extreme. Yeah. Right. So, like, you know, can you imagine if the like take the Oscars for example, where they're finally letting you know finally more like uh, more diverse films are being showcased and up for awards yeah. right uh, can you imagine if that wasn't the case still and then we have someone like Trump in the White House <laughs> yeah. you know that yeah. that just doesn't look good like Hollywood is at a point right now where their image sank so far that they can't be associated with like that so now they have to open things <laughs> right. up right whether right. or not they you know whether or not certain people in Hollywood wanted to is besides That's the point. True, it's like yeah. you have to. Yeah. Um, Which yeah. is awesome. It's all reactionary, right? Which is um, awesome. And I think that's just kind of where we're at. I just think that, you know, I think people, and especially with um, the access to filmmaking equipment being wider than ever before, I think people are attempting to make more serious films because yeah. 
they want to be able to compete, but at the le- they want to make the films at the level they're making it, but they want to be able to compete yeah. with the higher quality films. Yeah, I mean, and what's what's interesting about that is like even like if you go back and watch Project Greenlight, you know that Matt Damon Ben Affleck. TV show where they like hire like a a nobody to write and direct a movie you know um, in season two they had a separate screenwriter and a separate director and they they clashed them together um, there's two story sc- screenwriting stories that they were considering uh, one was the Battle of Shaker Heights which is what they picked which was kind of like a coming of age type of story um, versus Cheeks, which was a like about a like it was like an ensemble movie with um you know like these about a, like a bunch of strippers and the reason they went with Battle of Shaker Heights was because they had a male director already lined up because they had two directors left at this point um and it, it was going to be a, ma- a man and almost everybody in the production was a man and they felt like they couldn't do cheeks because it'd just be a bunch of dudes like making cheeks, you know, mm-hmm. about all these like female strippers. And yeah. so they were like, this is just not, we just cannot do this. Right. Makes and sense. that was like in the 90s, you know, that they thought that, which I thought was really interesting because I, that seems like, like nowadays you would just get torn apart for not for doing something like that. And they, oh, yeah, they knew definitely. not to do that way back in the 90s. Which is kind of kind of remarkable. I, I, I think uh, people have been aware of this for a really long time. I mean, every decade you can probably yeah. find people in cinema history who are aware of the fact that you know we need to try and diversify. Yeah. But it's just that the people in control of the money were like, "That's not going to make money, so we're not going <laughs> to yeah. diversify." Essentially, you know what I mean? Right. Which is weird because essentially those people dictate what is going to make money, and they could have just yeah. invested in that, and it would have made money. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's a lot of weird, selfish reasons and just yeah. laziness. Narcissism <laughs> is a big part of that too. Yeah. Um, all right, let's do a quick uh, let's do a quick roundtable here. Um, oh yeah. And well, hey, films. before we do that, can I let's do the true or false from the uh, gay n words from outer space here? Okay, it's just one true or false, quick. real quick. So gay n words from outer space falls a group. That's such of an inter- unfair title, also like. You can't even say the title, which is unfortunate. Like I'm not going to say the title. I know no one's going to say the title, but it's unfortunate that we can't even. Like, it's just the title of a movie. Like it's not know, like it's we're the, you know, but right. We but, can't say it. Yeah. Right. I could say it if I wanted to, but I don't want to. Well, we could we could all say it. But <laughs> we could all say it. <laughs> we right have now. the ability to say yeah. it. Yeah, we have, we have the we physical ability say it. to yeah. say it. Yeah, exactly. right. <laughs> Phonetically, we could say it. Okay, so gain words from. Outer space follows a group of intergalactic homosexual black men from the planet Anus <laughs> who discover female creatures on planet Earth and use ray guns to eliminate females on Earth. Okay, so that is the premise of it. So now for the trivia. This film begins in color and later turns to black and white. True or false? That's a weird question. Uh... I'm going to say false because that question is so, like, outlandish to even ask that like, you'd expect it to be true because you asked it. So I'm right. going to say false. Fuck it, I'll say true. The correct answer is false. <laughs> <laughs> and here's here's where this is interesting. is the It actually is in reverse. So it, the movie starts in black and white and slowly turns to color. Uh. And the reason for that is is when they show up 
at Earth, there is no color at all. So but after they Wizard start killing, <laughs> when they start killing all the women, uh, then color slowly starts to God. like get put into the film. Wow! Uh, in in order to show that like the men are like now free, like and and all the That's fucking hilarious. Jesus. All the gay, <laughs> all the gay, do, they like leave like a gay black ambassador on Earth to like train oh. everybody to make sure that they. Uh, know how to be gay and a little more like black. It's fucking you know? hilarious. Oh yeah. my god. Um, also, I just <clears throat> I want to read the names of the uh, of the characters. Yes, you need to. Um, so, Arminass, <laughs> Captain B Dick, D Ildo, Sergeant Shaved Balls, Mister <laughs> Schwoll. Black gay ambassador, white gay ambassador. White gay ambassador. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's fantastic! It's a short film too, so I'm guessing it's worth a watch. It's also made yeah. by a Danish filmmaker. Oh really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Morten oh, wow. Lindbergh. It's know. it's like 30 minutes long. Oh, I it's think. only 30 minutes long, I'm and you can watch it, it uh, online uh, for free. <laughs> they have it posted. Morten Lindbergh, also known as Master Fat Man, is <laughs> <What laughs> a Danish. Uh, media personality, comedian, disc jockey, film director, and singer. Wow. Yeah. It's so. it's about as, like, 90s black Like, from what you would guess a, what a black exploitation thing would be in the 90s, this, to me, feels like that's what this is. What a <laughs> you know strange what I mean? title, though. Like, yeah. it doesn't seem like he made it as a racist, like, comment, right? It just... Well, if he's, no. if he's Danish, they probably they have that sense of humor, though. They have that they do, like yeah. that dark, you know, kind of un PC humor. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so like not PC that it's it's hard to and the the whole premise is just so out there and right. so offensive that it's hard to take it offensively. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, <laughs> Like, sure. it's so far beyond that it's like this cannot be serious. Um, and it's actually really funny. Um, Really funny nice. little movie because of that. I do want to um, watch it. It seems like it'd be a interesting, totally interesting worth it. Watch <laughs> totally um, worth it. All right, let's do a quick roundtable here. Who wants let's to uh, be the first first one? Let's uh, let's do Byron first. Yeah, let's, yeah, do, let's do, it. do Byron. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna say Shaft um, because of the um, kind of like what the movie represents. It's one of the first black exploitation films uh, to kind of like breathe light into the genre kind of birth the genre a little bit um i think also the the noir aspects of it you really enjoy and i think you get a lot of pleasure from uh the character shaft and not not only just how he's kind of like a power player throughout the whole movie but how he goes about being a power player like the fact that his last line is <laughs> calling the police guy shitty you know <laughs> like i think you just enjoy uh that aspect of it like how he is the power player cool cool uh i'm gonna say coffee uh because i think you get pleasure from watching women oh, yeah. fight with their tits Why? out what am i thinking what am i thinking of course it's coffee it's the boobs yeah i'm gonna boobs. say I'm, there's multiple reasons but i'm gonna say the main reason is that there are His boobs. tits <laughs> well, all of them in that movie. <laughs> God. God, what am I? I want, I'm switching my answer. I'm going with the boobs one. Yeah, so, yeah, no, I, I do like coffee more, but it's not so much because of, it's not so much because yeah. of the boobs. But Clearly, that's I a mean, joke. That's a, that's a plus. That's a plus. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, no, Two but I, I love, I just love. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. No, I just love, I just love, um, 
I just love the idea of uh, a woman who like you know like this African-American woman who like goes around with a shotgun like that's just an awesome idea but like that she she takes things um in in her own hands you know she like she 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 goes out he she wants to kill that guy at the beginning of the movie and she does and she goes and she does it you know what i mean like um and then but at the end you know when she's like saying to that the politician you know like i loved you and stuff like that like there's that there's an emotional she's yeah. she's not emotionless you know she she's she's an emo, she doesn't the the filmmaker didn't make her be like a man substitute mm-hmm. you know what i mean like we're going to use you as a female body because you're sexy and then just have you kill people like they they tapped into her being a woman and she like what a, as a character yeah, yeah like totally. a woman like any human feels yeah. things and they they didn't exploit that aspect of it but they used that which is i thought was really cool um so i really liked that movie because of that and i just i there's just something that i really like about women kind of revenge movies you know yeah like it's just cool and having been a big fan of like pulp fiction there's just so many cool little references that tarantino does in pulp fiction well and jackie brown but like in pulp fiction where uh, john travolta and samuel jackson show up at tarantino's house and tarantino is like my girlfriend is is at working at the hospital like coffee and then it oh, has sure. and yeah, it has point. that that flashback and it's a girl that you don't really see your, much of her face but she's got like a fro and she kind of looks like coffee and she's at in the she's in the uh the kitchen you know coming back from work um and then there's the whole thing that same scene where he's like this is damn good coffee oh yeah you know yeah. like <laughs> it's it, damn so good it's, coffee yeah. yeah so it's and there's a scene in coffee where she's like this is good coffee you know and she's uh so i just like that aspect of it too but yeah i mean i just i really like pam greer is performance i mean yeah she's hot too but like she she carries the fucking movie too yeah, like she's got yeah. charisma <laughs> yeah sure. she's got yeah, like she's, a yeah she's a yeah, she's like charisma. Yeah, charisma. I mean, that's it. She, yeah, I don't know. That's why. <laughs> and she's like, she's pretty powerful in this yeah, movie. Yeah, definitely. Like, she's very like, like sometimes when you watch like an action film with a woman, you could kind of, um, you could see that like maybe they needed more training or it doesn't feel like they're actually like hitting the, you know, making the kicks and stuff yeah, you know, yeah. or making the the punches um but i i really felt that way with this movie as much as you could for an exploitation yeah, she's but. doing all the stunts like yeah when the car is chasing her at the end she like jumps up on the thing and the car like right like rams where her legs just were like mm-hmm. i was like fuck like that could have gone wrong That's legit you know yeah, i know like, i was thinking about that too especially because she's in heels the whole, or uh she's in like these boots but they have like a nice yeah big long stud in them yeah she's you like know? I mean, definitely, like, she does everything in the movie. Like, there's no, you know, she does the nudity. She owns that. She does the action. She owns that. She turns on that kind of bitch switch. She turns on that, like, um, seduction kind of thing. She has right. it. She has it all. Like, she plays know, the field cool. for sure. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Sweet. <clears throat> um, all right. I guess you guys can guess for me. And we'll just do Jacob last because mm. I don't know about Jacob yet. I'm still trying to guess for I, Jacob. I'm, I'm going Shaft just because of the the, the noir aspects of it. You know, um, 
you know I think you really like that genre um, I think you like boobs too I, I, um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I think it is mostly the the noir aspect of it plus I, I think you I mean the same reasons that I cited for Byron I think actually work really well for for you for this movie you know just the the power player in, in New York and um, yeah let's go with that also, I just want to say this. It's really weird to me that they had, like, shops for shoe shines, like, back in the day. Like, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It wasn't even, like, shoe shine and barbershop. It was just a shoe, shoe shine. shine. Yeah, like, yeah. What the fuck? Got to start specific. Apparently. Yeah. This is actually really tough. This is hard because I know that you like private eye, kind of detective, hardcore, like, thriller or just those type of films with atmosphere and Shaft definitely has that. But I think, kind of like me, I think... Uh, you appreciate the strong female lead and also there's something just kind of awesome and just about some of the cheesiness and and stuff of coffee there is something charming about that movie. yeah like, there, <laughs> yeah. like yeah that that i, I want to go with coffee uh it's it's shaft <laughs> it's, it's pretty close i mean <clears throat> i mean yeah, I mean, it, when it comes to a movie like this, I feel like it's kind of obvious because, like, I just, yeah, the noir genre is right, really, right. like, one of my top genres. Um, I didn't know that about Shaft before watching it, actually. I didn't I didn't know anything about it. I actually didn't know anything about either one. I knew it was just kind of, I knew that the main characters were going to be some sort of badass and that there was going to be, like, a crime aspect to it. Um, but, um, you know, I didn't know anything about it, but I was surprised that it was actually, like, a P.I., um, and literally just like pulling straight out of the noir genre yeah. I mean, some of the lighting you know the whole hard PI talking to the cops and the cops needing to work with him and you know being approached by the crime guy you know he's kind of gets involved in both worlds right like he has to um, as part of the character um, the dynamics yeah, are cool the like, dynamics are yeah, super cool there's like the Italians the blacks the police like, it's yeah, pretty right. it's, it, pretty involved totally yeah. and I just I don't know I really really just am a sucker for the hard boiled like hard ass detective guy that's uh, awesome like I'm reading uh, some Raymond Chandler right now oh sweet um, you know so like that's just, I don't know, I just really like that character a lot. Uh, so, yeah, i got to go with Shaft. But Coffee was good. They were both so, good movies, yeah, yeah. both very yeah. much worth a watch. I would watch both of them again. Um, and uh, I would definitely, Coffee's one of those ones that's fun to throw on with, like, a, like yeah, for friends, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's kind of how I've been, like, gauging movies more recently. Is like, okay, is this movie good to watch with people or not? Right. Like, you right. know, and I think a lot of the movies we have been talking about, or, you know, it's like Killer Clowns. Like, throw that shit on and have some fun. You know, <laughs> yeah. throw coffee on and have some fun. Like, oh yeah, um, <clears throat> obviously with the right group of friends. Because, like I said, coffee has like you know tits and whatnot, and like <laughs> you know sex themes and stuff. So, pick your friends that you watch it with. But you know, have fun with those friends or whatever um, when you watch it. You know, that type of thing. But Shaft too. I mean, Shaft I think is pretty watchable with a yeah. wide range of people. Yeah, yeah. It has some good humor in there. Like, yeah, yeah. it's great. Sh- Shaft is kind of the more mellow of the two like yeah. as far as the exploitation goes like it's it seems more like a straight black exploitation movie while coffee has kind of some sex exploitation in yeah. it right. and you know some other stuff but, i wasn't expecting uh shaft to be so talky yeah because yeah. it is like you know like no noir like yeah. whatever i wasn't expecting it to be that so right uh, but that's, i don't know it's definitely both of them for sure uh all right jacob um yeah. I like I really like both of these movies if that if that helps <laughs> if that helps you guys. Fuck. 
This is I'm going to say coffee for the exact same reason that I said for Byron. <laughs> you just got pleasure in seeing Oops. the <laughs> chicks fight with their tits out. This is, I did cite that scene twice this episode. Exactly. So. This is really tough because I think you really appreciate the character of uh, Shaft. Like, I think I know that you're, you're character oriented in most films, but both of these characters are so strong that it's tough. I think. Do you watch I, this? I, Did you watch it with Tiffany? Um, we were going to watch Coffee together, and then we wound up watching another episode of Leftovers just because of time. <laughs> but she looked at the poster, and she's like, this looks like a porno. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was so, just curious yeah. on, like, if she enjoyed, like enjoys that or not. Like, I don't know what her taste in movies Exploitation? is. Exploitation? Like. Well, um, I mean, just in general, like her taste in movies. I don't know what her taste in movies is. I know I figured you watch a decent amount with her, but I don't know. Oh like, yeah. Um, you make it sound like you watch some alone too. So, Oh yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of the movies we watch for the pod, uh, usually watch by myself. Uh, Tiffany is into like recent releases. Um, she's into like, dr- like, um, Dramas and she like she likes some older stuff too, but she's into like movie like animal movies, you know, oh, like okay. uh, Milo not Milo Notice, but Homeward Bound, oh, and, okay, um, yeah. like that kind of style. But she also likes you know Marvel and she likes new studio comedies, which I love new studio comedies. So uh, <laughs> you know, nice, yeah. Gosh, that's tough, man. I oh fuck. There's a part of me that wants to say Shaft, but I, I want to go with Coffee because I know that you like well, but. God damn it! You're you're a mellow person, and Shaft's kind of mellow. Like, God damn it! This is tough. I'm just gonna go. With I'm going yeah. with coffee. Yeah, yeah. It, because because it's fun. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I've never heard you talk like. I, I figured you enjoy the noir genre, but I've I've never heard you talk about it like you. It's like you know, like it's a favorite. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So it's, like, it's definitely not like a. I mean, I really like it, but it's I'm not like. You know, passionate. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. Like For, when we were talking you know, about brick, it was kind of like brick is good, but it's not good because of like. I mean, you noir. found the noir interesting, yeah. but it wasn't like because. Like of it's the not noir, a type yeah. of genre that I picture you wanting to make yourself. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a good way. I think that's it, yeah. that's totally true. <laughs> or I could see you making coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can kind of see. Yeah, like more, more of that, it's... more of that, like. <laughs> Just with all the other stuff stripped out of it, and the only scene that you make is the is the boob scene. I, I picture you. I, unfortunately, I picture you making coffee with a lot of cream and sugar, though. Nice, oh, Jesus! Oh, God. oh man, that's horrible. Ooh. All right, we went there. Good job. All right, it is early in the morning, so <laughs> gotta have your gotta have your morning uh, coffee for sure. Uh, all right. Um, Okay, yeah. So you guys are both right. Um, it's it's coffee, um, and you guys were spot on with with why. You know, I I really like noir, obviously, but um, you know, it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite genre. Um, but I really liked um, uh, Shaft's like character, you know, and I, I like I like it more than a lot of noirs that I see because it was very like. It was just so different. Like he's just so powerful, you know. Um, and but also not in in a lot of ways. And I like the kind of race war type of 
where, where it kind of turned into like a race war like at the end I thought that was kind of neat um, I love that scene where he walks into his office and it's the two gangsters there and he's just like the guy's like don't talk to him like that and he walks up to him and stares at him and he's like you're in my chair <laughs> yes <laughs> like fuck yeah <laughs> yeah and he just he has to get out of his chair like that was freaking awesome uh, just so much like drama there you know yeah. um, mm-hmm. but I coffee because um, I just I thought even though I think Shaft is a better made movie. Um, I think the kind of charm to Coffee had a lot of charm to it, and um, I did. I thought Coffee's character was um, way just had so much going on, Uh, and like you know, kind of what we talked about before with how there's so many like levels to her, and she is kind of like a badass like does everything right kind of superhero type character but she also has like all these faults too um and all these uh you know she's overcoming a lot of adversity in this movie um and i just thought it was just really well done yeah like she has she has like a heart too because like she's got the heart it's it's easy to like make a character go for revenge because you know that okay that's her sister or that's her kid that she's going for revenge for so like obviously she loved them but you actually get to see the love here she takes that cop to the rehab center and she and she you see her like interacting with the the methadone addicted kids or whatever and you get the flashbacks you know she's like sitting there like you know and she's getting these quick flashes of these flashbacks and just like you you realize that it is a powerful thing that she's affected by these things so you as a viewer automatically sympathize with that like i don't know it's just really cool right i can i can appreciate her like her level of care you know like she really cares about the town she cares about fixing these problems and she's going to do it because she thinks it's for the greater good versus shaft who's who's doing it for uh kind of for himself a little bit you know like he's not he's not really looking out for the town which i like that aspect too and that's very noir yeah you know that they're not trying to fix anything like the town's already broken and they're there you know trying to help the small people but coffee's like we're taking this whole thing out yeah Yeah, and the filmmakers didn't have to do that they the movie would have made big bucks just because it had tits in it but they they really went with the thing which is like hell yeah yeah it it was cool seeing both we also never talked about how subversive (laughs) coffee is too when you think when you really start to break it down like because of the end well the end yeah the end and then but if you think about like the characters so obviously you know uh female black lead like one of the only strung out people you see in the movie is a white chick yeah um then when you look at the main kind of main crime dudes it's the sleazy gangster more gangster guy is the white guy right and then it's the <laughs> yeah. it's the black guy who's the politician, right? Right, which is usually in reverse, right? Yeah. Uh, so this is there's they're subverting a lot of these like norms <clears throat> in movies, but using the same stereotypes, right? That are that's known that the exploitation genre is kind of known for. Um, so that's why I mean it is a, the strength of the movie is past the exploitation parts of it. It's actually the fact that right. they thought about the overarching. Uh, you know aspects of it like the character and the genre and, and, and stuff like that I think it is important to point out too that Jack Hill the director of Coffee is is white so that's interesting yeah um, whereas Gordon I, Parks the director of uh, Shaft I believe was um, Coffee was written and directed by uh, by Jack Hill right by Jack Hill yeah was, Jack is Hill. Gordon is Gordon Gordon Parks is black okay yeah so that's what I thought yeah. so it is kind of interesting like what you said Keith earlier about how 
you know, now like they want to be, you know, African American directors like want to elevate. They don't want to do black exploitation. They want to elevate their stuff. Whereas Gordon Parks here elevated, I think, films that showcase African American actors from that, from what that was, to having him star in this MGM mm-hmm. released fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Like right. how he that's it's it's maybe not high now like shaft isn't like a it it could be kind of seen as a lower type of cinema now even though it's important right but at the time it was like a probably a big deal yeah um mgm made it so they pumped money into into the marketing of it i think you're like dead on when it comes to the like they're you know they're striving to elevate themselves constantly which like they have to prove themselves unfortunately they don't you know I mean, it's like with anyone who's, you know, women, Asians, yeah. you know, Mexican, yeah. like, you know, that's why you have like, you know, um, <clears throat> uh, Inuritu and uh, Gravity. Why do I keep forgetting uh, his Co- name? Corone. Yeah. Corone. Yeah. That's why you have them, these Mexican directors yeah. doing these really ambitious films. Yeah. And they're sweeping and then, shit. Ch- you know, Chivo <laughs> yeah. is like one of the greatest DPs in the world right yeah. now. Yeah. Like, you know, one of the most hot ticket items. So like. These guys are making these insanely ambitious yeah. films because they're trying yeah. to elevate themselves. And Del Toro. And Del Toro, year. absolutely. Yeah. Del Toro, you can't forget about yeah. him. He's been doing it since forever, you yeah. know, trying to, mm-hmm. you know, bring the Mexican side of things into so it, cool. you know, Spanish side of things into it. Because um, I think he's he's Spanish, not... Uh, he's Mexican. He's Mexican. Del Toro's yeah. Mexican? Okay. But he, he's filmed movies in Spain. Right, yeah, yeah it makes yeah. sense, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's really... Everyone's trying to strive because the system has been so whitewashed right. for so long. Um, and the the top top films, quote-unquote, yeah. are you know, whitewashed <laughs> films. Um, and I think, I think Asians have it a little bit differently than some people because Asian cinema, they've had access to these, like, things, like, earlier on. You know, like some of the obviously Asian cinema from like the 40s and on became yeah. super influential to like everyone. Right. Um, yeah. So it's been a little bit different where they've kind of already been elevated, but breaking into the Hollywood system, I mean, that's why you have like Ang Lee and whatnot yeah. who are making these, again, ambitious films um, trying to elevate the Asian perception of like past, essentially past Bruce Lee, because Bruce Lee did good bringing yeah. Asian films to in an international spotlight. Right. But he also fucked it up because everyone thought that all Asians can do is martial arts. Right. Right. Yeah. Which, I, don't get me wrong, I love martial arts yeah. films, but we got to get past the fact right. that it's not right. just a bunch of dudes kicking each other. You know what I mean? Like, like, like Jackie Chan kind of came from that. And Jet right. Lee and, and he kind of worked to kind of elevate past that, you know, with some more recent yeah. films like the drama. But he, he still is stuck with the fact that it's Jackie right. Chan. And actually, people don't think of Jackie Chan as anything but the guy who does his own stunts. Exactly. That's another. You know? Like really good point though to, to differentiate because with Asian cinema, they have huge studios that are pumping out Asian starring and directed films, right? Because yeah. yeah. they're made there. Whereas Africa doesn't have that. No, they have they have D movies. They have studios there, but they're they're so. I mean, there's no international recognition there. In fact, what we would consider exploitation here is essentially what they're doing in Africa and, like, the Middle East, you know, especially, like, with Bollywood, you know, that type of movie. Like, 
very very exploitative and like some of those Nigerian films yeah very like you know they're they're doing what they can with what they got and they're shooting like green screen films yeah yeah you know they're fucking like you know, with the, whatever technology they have available to them they're making these films and that's kind of where this genre is living at right is now. in actual Africa right yeah so like <laughs> yeah. it's uh, interesting kind of how it's become like full circle and some of those films are pretty fucking cool Yo, no, definitely, like, yeah they're super fun yeah. so like um you know, uh, but I just want to kind of end this with a little bit of takeaway from it. I'm, I think I'm just going to start pulling like a little like couple just things to take away from our discussions. Um, yeah. Right. Regardless, uh, instead of just focusing on like with the director. Uh, so I got two things here um, and I kind of talked about one already, which was utilize your uh, the, the example I use is flipping the cop car. So utilize your low budget and focus on the big parts that will make it seem like your budget is much bigger because uh, a scene like that's expensive. Yeah. Um, but it really elevated the not only the tension of the scene, but the production value. Yeah. Um, so flipping the cop car the other is casting richard roundtree um so uh shaft is based off a book the character is actually not black in the book uh but they decided to cast him (laughs) instead um so they kind of changed a lot of the characters to kind of match that so the takeaway here is don't be afraid to mix it up and think outside the box when it comes to your characters maybe you wrote them one way but it won't hurt to at least think of them in another way and maybe when you do you'll come up with something different you know what i mean so just because you have a whatever character and i get it when you write a story and a plot it's very i mean the character is what makes the plot right right um so i get that but just try to think about it you know what what if because it doesn't mean you change your script you're just thinking so (laughs) um those are the two i think big takeaways from these films uh, I didn't do a weekend recommends because I didn't oh, know I have it here. what we were doing. And I didn't know if we wanted to change our I have the format. weekend recommends right here. Okay. Well, we, I know we talked about doing a different thing with it. So um, Oh, I think we should still do it. Right, I think for now, um, until we can uh, yeah, get the other thing set up. Yeah. Um, okay. So our weekend recommends uh, comes from Ryan Cowan. Um, and he recommended Shot Caller. Which uh, stars Nikolai shit. I should have written. I should have written down how to Nikolai say Nikolai shit. Nikolai Costa Wado. Oh, he's the, the uh, guy who plays Jamie Lannister. Yeah, Jamie Lannister. Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, is shot caller one word or two? Uh, two. It two. is two okay. words. Um, so his review, which is very brief, or his 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 reason to watch it is very brief. He says. Nikolai Costa, or or, I'm sorry, he says, Jimmy Lannister plays an affluent father-husband who goes to prison, and he doesn't become someone's bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So that's that's why you should watch it. Um, And what that means is um, that the the film itself, it chronicles the transformation of a well-to-do family man into a hardened prison gangster uh, uh, undergone to survive California's penal system after he is incarcerated Incarcerated for his role in a deadly DUI car accident, um, so he gets a DUI, goes to prison, and uh, becomes a gangster. So, so it's kind of what uh, Ryan's referencing is is his transformation uh, and into this, you know, from a father figure to a to a badass. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd back that up. It's a good film. Like it's a solid yeah. film. It's a it has its. Um, like it, it, yeah, it has its moments where it's like, oh hell yeah, this is a sick fucking movie, you know. Nice. I mean, it has yeah. its moments where it, you know, not like, 
like every movie but it's a it's a cool movie to watch uh those prison dramas are are fun and this one's definitely one that's more uh hard-boiled you know it's 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 more gritty more serious yeah, yeah. it's more serious so it's it's kind of cool and it's and it's kind of sad too which is fun you know like <laughs> like i like <laughs> that sad. Yeah, i sad like those i like those kind of i like those depressing movies it's a, it's totally. not like a super downer but like it's it's like shit you know yeah. like i'm sure people in real life are doing exactly what this guy's doing <laughs> nice right that sounds cool uh i'm gonna check it out that sounds awesome yeah yeah it's definitely uh, he's seems, a good actor cool. too so. it's on uh, amazon prime so anybody who has okay. a prime account you can watch it uh on there yeah i think that's yeah. a good thing to add at the end of these two like where can we where can we view this stuff um, yeah, and then th- how to? I for some reason when he was telling me about it originally, uh, he kept pronouncing it, and I didn't get it. But it's shot collar, uh, which is sh- shot like a gunshot. Space collar, like a phone caller, like someone who calls on the phone. So shot collar. Yeah. Yeah. I thought of basketball when you said that. Shot, <laughs> shot yeah, like a basketball baller. shot. Or do you mean a basketball collar? You know, like the baller shot collar. Like oh, that. shot baller. Yeah. Uh, all right. So if you have any questions, topics, suggestions, opinions, or any fact correction, send an email to btvfilmspodcast at gmail.com. You can also visit our Facebook page to comment on or discuss this week's episode or any past episodes, all of which can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. If you like the show, please rate on iTunes because it helps others find us. Uh, you can also follow us on Letterbox at Jaquino for Jacob and Hyperion Creator for me. Byron, are you? I'm you on Letterbox, one? but I don't have anything really on there. But okay. I will get to that, okay. and I will. Yeah. So when we have Byron's, <laughs> you can follow Byron um, and see the other movies that we're watching, what we have watched, how we rate things. Um, I you know I do short little reviews and stuff like that too. So I definitely would like to talk to some more people, you know, through Letterbox. So hit us up. Our intro and outro music was composed by Curtis Skinner, who can be found at skinnyproducing.com. No? Done? Not Skinny. <laughs> you can tell it's early because he's suddenly unprepared. <laughs> I thought you were going to have some epic one with, like, coffee and... Uh, coffee yeah, and skinny you know, or something, yeah. Yeah, like, like skim milk and skinny milk. Oh, and, like, God, yeah. skim milk. That's, that's what I thought you were going to be doing. Oh, damn. <laughs> I, for, I was like, I could not come up with anything. I was like, I will try, but everything just sounded so lame. I like that so, skinny milk with my coffee. Yeah, skinny milk. Oh, that's so painful. Why don't she I does try that? to go for that skinny milk, though, with that, uh, uh, what is that, what is his name, Vitroni? Yeah, that's true, that's God. true. <laughs> Byron, you are my he, guardian angel. She, You're really looking out God for me. Damn oh God damn it! <laughs> she even goes like, "Are you are you sure you're not part black or whatever?" Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that part was hilarious. Oh my God! And he's like, That's "Oh so yeah," terrible. and then he starts like spitting on her and stuff. He's like, "Oh God, yeah, so ridiculous." <laughs> okay, uh, next week we'll be talking Anna Lily Amarpour with her two films, "A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night" and "The Bad Batch," because she only does have two films. Yeah, right? those are the only yeah, two. So we'll be talking yeah. her. Um, which will be sweet because it'll be our first female like director focused episode and I believe both are on Netflix so anybody out there that has Netflix I believe both of them are there and A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night I think we've all seen that one already that one's super good yeah. so. and, well, I really love The Bad Batch too I haven't seen that one yeah. so I, can't I like that one but... actually more it's, ah. it's good it's good nice. oh fuck I just gave away you my gave shit. It away. Uh, God damn it. <laughs> Suck it. Uh, okay, Suck it, well, Byron. it'll be uh, a quick roundtable. <laughs> it's okay. We're not recording in for a little while, so 
Uh, anyway, uh, Anna Lily Amarpour, uh, her films A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night and The Bad Batch. So make sure you watch those films to be a part of the discussion. Thank you for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs> Gave it a look. <laughs>